This is not some sort of flash in the pan. Oh, it can be cleaned up in a couple of days. The province vowing to step in and help flood victims, evacuees now hoping the government keeps to its word. I mean, this is a pretty big uh, playground, there's lots to do, so there's absolutely no need to get out there. It may feel like summer in the city, but why the danger of winter hasn't got away in the backcountry. The outrage is, is unbelievable. And the city of Richmond getting ready to vote on downsizing monster homes. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. While Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth has been in the interior today assessing the devastating damage left behind after flooding this past week. He's been in the Grand Forks, Christina Lake area, where, of course, thousands have been forced out of their homes and their businesses. Our Paul Hasem was there with him, too. Paul, the minister did talk to the press at length. What did he have to say? Sonia, the minister wants the people of B.C. to know the province has their backs, both in the short term and the long term. And when you take a look around Grand Forks, it's easy to see this is no quick fix. First impressions kind of walking around here. It's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth not mincing words after getting a first-hand look at what Grand Forks is dealing with. It's a nightmare when you look at that. It's just, I can't imagine it. More than 1,600 homes remain evacuated in the Kootenay Boundary region, which equals to more than 3,100 people. Making sure that emergency services there, that there's food, that there's shelter uh, for people who've been evacuated uh, over the longer term, and the province is going to need to be here over the longer term, it's to work with the community, work with the regional district to ensure that they've got the resources that they're going to need to rebuild. Rebuilding from this. Just two days ago, Second Street was submerged. Today, they're cleaning up, but also bracing for round two. It's Mother Nature, and you, it, it'll do whatever it wants to do, and that's all. You can't stop it. Dragged out all the, all the carpets and stuff because they're soaking wet. Jim Dovdoff also checking out the damage at his place, where his broken fence stands as a reminder of what hit and what could be next. The forecast is it's going to be worse than it was on, on Friday. Yeah, the house could be gone. Now, so many small towns are affected as well. This is Rock Creek, about 30 minutes east of Asoyas, where you can see the Kettle River has flooded right over the road. In Asoyas, the regional district warning that warmer temperatures means the waters will rise there. But right now, it's Grand Forks taking the brunt. I mean, is this town ever going to be the same? That's a tough one. That's a, a really tough question, Paul. It's a catastrophic scenario like this. It's, it's hard if anybody will ever be able to rebound totally from something like this. We're still very much in it right now. Yeah. So we need, you got to get a, a full assessment. But looking at this, I mean, I fully right. expect that there will be, uh, you know, a requirement uh, for some federal assistance. After taking his tour, Minister Farnworth took questions from concerned residents as tensions and waters continue to rise. Now, the minister alluded to it there, but he says Premier Horgan did speak to Prime Minister Trudeau this morning and that they are willing to offer their assistance at a moment's notice. And just like the floodwaters, that could come quicker than anyone expects. Sonia. All right, Paul, thanks very much for that. Watching uh, uh, that situation very closely, especially over the next few days. Thank you. 
Well, flood concerns are also growing in other parts of the interior. Today in Merritt, residents are being asked not to do their laundry or take a shower because of the flood threat. And outside of Oliver, residents fearing the worst is still yet to come. Kristen Robinson has that part of the story. A sandbagging assembly line at work at the El Dorado Mobile Home Park. A canoe loaded with what locals hope will save 54 homes here from rising water. This hasn't happened before. We had a small taste of it last year, but this is unprecedented. We need more help because um, we don't know what the risk is. The city of Merritt under a local state of emergency within the Nicola Valley floodplain. With lake levels soaring, water is being released to stop homes from being flooded. But the dam discharge causes the Nicola River to surge, raising flood fears in Merritt. We really don't have anywhere to go with our stuff. Like, what do you do, right? Retirement living is on standby at Nicola Meadows. Its residents forced out as the water crept in. My house is not flooded yet. I'm the last home here on the end. Vic Cavalier holding out for something he's never seen before. This is uh, new territory for us. The city asking residents to stop using water for showers or laundry Sunday. Concerned the sanitary sewer system could back up. Water, flood water is getting into the sewer system, so the treatment plant is really overtaxed right now. The South Okanagan bracing for more flooding. Soaring temperatures and a heavy snowpack could see water levels in the Similkameen River and a Soyuz Lake peak Friday. Oh, it's really it's bad. North of Oliver, flooding on Sportsman's Bull Road off Highway 97, costing this fruit grower thousands of dollars in business. I don't know how can we run this year on my fruit stand too. It comes down really fast when it's a big warm spell. North of Merritt, Upper Nicola RV Park building a sand wall around their shower house hoping once the snowpack is melted, their war on the water will end. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Well, with all of this going on across the province, a lot of eyes, of course, are on the forecast. So let's bring in our Yvonne Schaal for a look at the temperatures, especially, Yvonne. What are you seeing? They're soaring, and once again, it was a hot day today across the south coast, but for interior sections, as we take a look at the upper-level chart, it'll continue to soar over the next three, potentially four days. We will see the peak of the temperatures across the coast for tomorrow, but it's the interior all the way in towards Wednesday. This ridge remains very strong, and then a slight reprieve as we get in towards our Thursday onwards, but still looking at dry conditions. Temperature trend, for example, into the Thompson-Okanagan, Tuesday, Wednesday, temperature still into the low 30s for a few spots and then the reprieve will be on our Thursday with a high of 27 degrees. Many spots into the central interior also seeing the temperatures soaring. I'll have more on that coming up very shortly. Sonia? All right. Thank you very much for that. Now in Metro Vancouver, the flood threat is expected to reach the Fraser Valley later in the week. This is because of concerns of levels in the Fraser River. But while it may feel like summer already, parts of the backcountry on the North Shore are still very much in the grips of winter. The message being it's still too dangerous for hikers. Grace Key reports. Chris McNeil and his friends are taking advantage of the sunny Mother's Day weekend and heading for a hike at Lynn Headwaters Regional Park. We are indeed going up to Norvile Falls. It's a nice time of year. All the spring blooms are out, so that's what it's all about. This seasoned hiker knows the importance of coming prepared even when heading out for a day hike. The day pack got everything in here so that I would be quite comfortable if I had to spend the night and I, I'm under any conditions. Yeah. 
Hundreds of people headed for the North Shore for an outdoor adventure, but the sunny weather can be deceiving. Conditions are still hazardous, and backcountry routes are still closed. We usually wait for the snow to be gone, and we wait for you know those kind of closures until they remove them. Then it's good to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's still lots of trails that are open right now that yeah. you can access safely, uh, well below the snow line, um, without yeah. going backcountry. Just last week, North Shore Rescue saved a stranded hiker stuck on snowy, steep terrain on Mount Fromm. And despite the dangers, hikers are still seen ignoring the warnings. We did talk to a couple other runners who said they spoke to a guy who was planning on heading out into Haynes Valley. And apparently he had a map, but he wasn't quite sure where he was going. And they tried to stop, convince him not to. Because it's still closed. Because it's he closed. seemed to be thinking that uh, today's a good day because it's so nice out. So obviously nothing, can, nothing bad can possibly happen when it's so sunny. With the Victoria Long Weekend coming up, people are being reminded to hike smart. There are still plenty of front country trails with steep slopes, dense forests, and fast-running creeks to enjoy. You're happy to stay local, huh? I'm happy to stay local. Grace Key, Global News. Just getting some breaking news in right now. In the delicate rescue of a construction worker by Abbotsford firefighters, a painter was working in a boom lift at a construction site on Mayfair Avenue. This is just off McCallum Road when the machine came into contact with a high-voltage electrical line. Abbotsford Fire Rescue saying that the man was conscious and talking as rescuers waited for BC Hydro to deactivate the line. The lift was moved away from the wires and lowered the painter uh, from the detail we're getting has been taken to hospital with unknown injuries now being told that WorkSafe BC is investigating. Court documents about a drug bust in Abbotsford revealed that there were more problems than just an officer stuffing cash in his sock as a so-called practical joke. The staff sergeant running the police raid admitted suspect Brian McDonald was never served with a search warrant. McDonald is facing drug trafficking charges. Abbotsford police say the raid turned up $46,000 in cash as well as drugs and weapons. McDonald's lawyers released hidden camera footage that showed an officer appearing to place cash in his sock. The officer says he put it back later, but he has now been placed on admin duties. A North Vancouver homeowner is speaking out tonight after getting pepper sprayed while confronting a burglar. Tony, who doesn't want his last name used, noticed something was wrong when he arrived home on Wellington Drive on Thursday afternoon when his dog wasn't sitting at the window. After taking a look around, he ran into a burglar who was leaving through a bedroom window. The RCMP say the 24-year-old suspect had stolen $3,000 worth of British pounds along with a gold watch and a wedding ring. It was the last thing I was expecting to come home to. And I heard some, some rustling to my right. And so I came out and I saw this guy climbing out of that far window. And he was coming through on top of this, on top of this uh, bench here. And he was crawling through here. And as he was crawling through here, he started to come towards me this way. And so as I kind of stood here, I, I yelled, what the hell are you doing here? And he kind of came a little bit closer to me. And then next thing you know... He's whipping up this thing of mace or pepper spray or whatever it was. And then I couldn't see anything after that. I want to see this guy caught 100%. I don't want it happening to anybody else in the neighborhood. 
All right, we're also hearing that Tony wasn't seriously hurt. He did manage to call 911. This is how the suspect is described as a, a white man, about five feet, 10 inches tall, with a heavy build, dark hair, dark stubble and a black eye. He was wearing a red safety vest at the time. If you know anything, get in touch with police. A report going to Vancouver City Council this week recommends scrapping a controversial Chinatown rezoning policy. Now, under that policy for Chinatown South, buildings were allowed to exceed 90 feet or nine floors in height. There was fierce community opposition to the change. In a historic decision last fall, the city rejected BD Living's controversial proposal for a nine-story condo at Kiefer and Columbia for the fifth time after fears large market-driven development is leading to the loss of Chinatown's character. Staff are now recommending council revoke the rezoning policy so buildings more than 90 feet tall would no longer be considered. And let's stay with housing for a minute. The city of Richmond has struggled with trying to con uh, contain monster-sized homes, especially those that are built on agricultural land. Well, tomorrow, councillors are set to vote on a plan to limit the size of houses that big. They say what happens there will set a precedent for the rest of the province. Tanya Beja reports. Richmond City Council is taking a second look at the size of mansions growing on local farmland. The outrage is, is unbelievable. Um, people are just so angry. Homes up to 10,700 square feet are allowed on Richmond's agricultural land. Councillor Harold Steves wants that cut in half. No farmer can, can afford it. And effectively it means that the big house owners will own the farm and they'll lease out to tenant farmers, maybe. But if they do, we, we end up almost in a feudal system. The province is looking at changes to strengthen the agricultural land reserve and keep farming affordable, but not fast enough for some MLAs who raised the issue this week in the legislature. Farm prices are soaring well beyond the reach of our local farmers. We need immediate action from this government to protect our food security and to protect the ability of young farmers to get on the land. But for second-generation farmer Hamraj Kalu, restricting home sizes isn't the way to do it. He says the current limit is one farmers can live with. We've made compromises because we've seen that certain people have been abusing certain bylaws, and so we've made those compromises. Now, we believe it just should be left alone. The Richmond Farmland Owners Association says size limits have already caused members to take a hit. People that have, uh, that have worked 30, 40 years with, on their land, all of a sudden now they're finding a 10, 20, 30 percent reduction in the value. Richmond Council will vote on the size limits Monday evening. And I think that the province is going to have to step in because what Richmond does tomorrow will affect all the farmland of British Columbia as everybody else follows Richmond's uh, guidelines. Tanya Beja, Global News. A motion going to Vancouver Council this week is calling for stricter licensing rules for medical marijuana dispensaries. This is in order to deter organized crime. NPA councillor Melissa DeGenova wants marijuana-related businesses to submit audited annual financial statements and buy their pots only from licensed Health Canada producers. The motions aim that licensing requirements will deter major crime, citing at least eight robberies to pot-related shops in the city and the fact that dispensaries are not forced to produce financial statements for their businesses, uh, for their business even, or suppliers. 
I think this motion, as it's written, would mean that every dispensary in the city has to close because none of us are legally allowed to carry licensed producer cannabis, which they say we have to carry. Also, if this motion were to pass, it would mean that every dispensary in the city had to stop carrying all of the extracts, capsules, edibles, creams, suppositories, all the things that really have strong medicinal value and replace it all with only dried buds from licensed producers. This is simply not going to happen. It's not workable. All right. Still ahead tonight on the News Hour. Rogers Arena packed last night with fans of the singer Pink. But we'll show you how for one of those fans, it was a dream come true. Straight ahead, though, the debate over fish farms is hotting up. We'll tell you how a well-known Vancouver chef is now involved. What would you like to say to your mom? Um, just that I love her and I appreciate her. And as I get older, I appreciate everything she's done for me more and more. And I just wish her a wonderful day. All right, welcome back. Now, a leading Vancouver chef made the long trip up to northern Vancouver Island this weekend to boost the spirits of fish farm protesters who are facing court action over a sit-in. With the help of the David Suzuki Foundation, David Hawksworth travelled there to support them in the best way he knows how. Paul Johnson has the story. Cruising the majestic passages of the Broughton Archipelago... Vancouver chef David Hawksworth is a long way from his kitchen. At Swanson Island, he's met with some fanfare. After all, he's bringing food, but something else as well. well they're on the right path, and I'm here to support uh, uh, whatever it is they need. They are a group of demonstrators opposed to open net salmon farming and have taken over a cluster of disused buildings owned by the company that runs the massive salmon farm nearby. Chief Ernest Alford explains their goals. We want to put pressure on the provincial government to not renew any of these licenses that are expiring in a little over a month. Hawksworth is among 50 BC chefs who won't serve farmed salmon in their restaurants and are telling Victoria that areas where wild salmon migrate are the wrong place to locate salmon farms out of concern for diseases they fear can spread from farmed to wild salmon. We would like to see land-based uh, fish uh, or, uh, salmon farms. <laughs> Take my mom over dinner. <laughs> if a fantastic Hawksworth prepared lunch lifted their spirits, they may need it. The company that owns that salmon farm, Marine Harvest, is headed to court asking for an order to kick them out. Today, Marine Harvest told Global News the protesters at Swanson Island have refused to leave our site, continue to interfere with our operations, harass our employees, and have refused to meet with us for constructive dialogue. But whatever happens in court... The emergence of chefs like Hawksworth in the salmon farm debate takes it in a new direction. Who could be more influential about food than a leading chef? I'm passionate about uh, Canada and the, uh, British Columbia, the BC coast, um, um, salmon, wild salmon. Paul Johnson, Global News. 
A plea tonight to help dozens of orphaned goslings find new homes this Mother's Day. Canada geese are one of few birds that will take in orphaned goslings and raise them as their own. The trick is the goslings need to match the age of their own young. So Wildlife Rescue is asking for your help to locate these families to help give these young birds the chance to be adopted by new parents. All they need is for you to get in touch with an exact location of your sighting and take a guess the estimated age of the young. Now, it's a dream come true for one Vancouver girl. She was invited by Pink to share the spotlight at the singer's concert last night. Not the kind of thing that happens every day. 12-year-old Victoria Anthony had campaigned on social media to get the superstar's attention so she could sing with her at Rogers Arena. Her YouTube video got thousands of views and managed to get Pink's attention. The singer inviting her then to belt out any song she wanted. She chose the hit single, Perfect. Pink was very impressed. Thrill of a lifetime. Very good, isn't it? Like, I like the... You know, the kind of go, just get out there and yeah, try and lot, do it, this 12-year-old. Yeah, a lot of moxie to you know? say, hey, Pink, I'm going to be doing a duet e- with you. Exactly, exactly. Um, right, you're probably wondering where Yvonne is right yeah, now. Is yeah, she's enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> she's out there. She's got the right thinking today. Burnaby uh, Lake Park, how are you? Yes, it's perfect. It's beautiful out here. We're just by the water this evening at Burnaby Lake uh, Rowing Pavilion. The temperatures have been soaring. If you're closer by the water today, it has been a touch cooler. A glance at some of those numbers and what we are seeing, for example, most areas today just over 20 degrees uh, for... Vancouver inland sections, though, we were up to 29 and 30. Chilliwack today at 32.5. Kamloops up to 30 degrees. Trail is your current temperature at 29. And for areas near Cranbrook at 25. Central interior still into the low 20s. And Tofino, a warm one up to 25 degrees. It'll be even warmer for us across the south coast tomorrow. We'll have more on those numbers. And we'll have more on the heat for the southern interior and how long it will last. We'll start to see a reprieve slightly towards the end of next week. But beautiful night to be out guys yeah you don't rub it in we're right in the studio <laughs> with air conditioning blasting it's freezing in here <laughs> thank you very much Yvonne my car thermometer got to 29.5 and that's Isn't my that that's my official gauge so it the really? sum, summer's here it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's so lovely out there today it is so thanks for staying in and watching us if that's you right. are uh sport yeah, yeah well you know down to the final four in the Stanley Cup playoffs a lot of people are wondering you know, who do you cheer for I think a lot of people are on the Winnipeg jet bandwagon for obvious reasons the only Canadian team left but Alex Ovechkin is in the conference finals for the first time uh, in 13 NHL seasons. A lot of people want to see him win, and the Caps are doing well again tonight as well. We'll have highlights of that coming up and uh, some NBA playoffs as well. All right, busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, still ahead, the Queen's Royal Seal of Approval. It's a good job she did this because only a week away. The official document that allows Prince Harry to marry Meghan Markle. <laughs> Ahead of that, fears of more uprisings in the Middle East a day before the U.S. moves its embassy to Jerusalem. We'll tell you what's been going on there, too. I'm cooking for five mothers, and um, I've been, I started last night, and it's going to be super special because mothers care. You know, they care what you're putting out for them, and so happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. 
Welcome back. Well, in this province, we are dealing with floods, but in Alberta, they are already dealing with wildfires. North of Edmonton, several homes have been evacuated because of two grass fires. And northwest of the city, another fire has grown to 150 hectares. This started yesterday afternoon. While no buildings have been lost, at least five families are on high alert. A fire guard has been set up, but firefighters worry the flames could jump that guard if the conditions are right. Members of the same family carried out coordinated suicide bombings in Indonesia's second largest city today. Three churches were targeted. Police say the suicide bombers behind the attacks were a family of six that included two young girls. At least 13 people, including all six family members, were killed. At least 41 have been left injured. The attacks in the predominantly Muslim country are the deadliest since 2005. That's when three suicide bombings on the island of Bali killed 20. The so-called Islamic State claiming responsibility for these latest attacks. Palestinian protesters are promising a day of rage tomorrow when the U.S. officially moves its embassy to Jerusalem. The Palestinians are saying the move invalidates the Americans as a Middle East peace broker. The U.S. delegation, led by President Trump's daughter Ivanka, son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner, and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin arriving in Israel ahead of the controversial opening of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. The United States has no greater partner than Israel. Both Israel and the Palestinians claim Jerusalem as their capital. The Palestinians say President Trump's decision to side with Israel invalidates the U.S. as a Mideast peace broker. The White House disagrees. If you're not prepared to recognize that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and that's where the American embassy uh, should be, then you're operating on a, on a completely different uh, wavelength. I, I think recognizing reality always enhances the chances for peace. President Trump's decision to move the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv has been widely criticized by our allies, but applauded by Israel's leader. We are deeply grateful and our people will be eternally grateful for his bold decision. The embassy opening comes after violent protests at the Israeli-Gaza border. More protests are expected Monday, so security will be tight. The United States government has taken a number of actions to ensure that not only our governmental interests, but the American people in that region are secure. Many European ambassadors who oppose the move will skip the ceremony. Jennifer Johnson, NBC News, Washington. Now on the big island of Hawaii, more cracks have opened up at Kilauea Volcano. This is the 18th opening, sending more steam and lava into the air. The latest development sparking calls for more evacuations. At this point, people are just being warned to leave at a moment's notice. Geologists are warning that the summit could have an explosive steam eruption that could send rocks and ash dozens of kilometers into the sky. Now, you can't get any more official than this. Queen Elizabeth has formally given her approval for next weekend's royal wedding. Buckingham Palace releasing an image of the handwritten document in which the Queen gives her consent for Prince Harry to marry Meghan Markle. Under British law, the first six people in the line of succession to the throne must get the monarch's permission to marry. Harry was fifth in line when he got engaged. But don't forget, he has now been bumped to sixth with the birth of his nephew, Prince Louis, last month. 
Well, just getting some more breaking news. Uh, this time it's uh, from the RCMP in Squamish. They say a search is underway for a man from Kenya who's been swept into the river. A woman reported her friend had fallen into the Squamish River late last night. They'd been camping nearby when the man in his 20s fell backwards into the river. Witnesses say he then disappeared into the fast-running water. RCMP are now working to get in touch with his family. All right, let's take a look at the weather. And uh, Yvonne is out there at Burnaby Lake enjoying the sunshine. There's still a bit of sunshine left out there and probably feels very warm still, Yvonne. Yes, it does. And a very happy Mother's Day to you, Sonia, and all the mothers out there. Thank you. A beautiful day for Mother's Day today. We've been basking in that sunshine. You're welcome. Uh, we are looking at a current tower camp shot of what we're seeing now in English Bay. We've got a few clouds uh, for a few spots into the interior, but uh, we are looking at a similar weather picture in towards tomorrow. Temperatures today were closer to 21 if you were by the water, but inland was pushing up to 30 degrees. Average for this time of the year sits at 17 and a record, not quite record-breaking for us, but 24 degrees was set back in 1959. Our highs today up to 30 degrees for Kamloops, a Sluice at 31. Areas near Cranbrook up to 25 degrees in the northeastern corners into the low 20s. Still sitting at 28 degrees for Coquitlam, Burnaby. That's where I am at Burnaby Lake at the Rowing Pavilion. 27 for Pitt Meadows. Areas near Delta at 29 degrees. 30 degrees for Hope. Abbotsford at 26 and Chilliwack currently sitting at 27 but saw a high of 30 2.5 today. Kamloops up to 30 degrees. Areas near the Peace uh, with your current temperatures at 21 and for Port Hardy at 16 degrees. The ridge of high pressure will remain very strong over the next few days. The peak of it across the south coast will be for tomorrow, but the interior, you've got three more hot days. This will take you all the way in towards your Wednesday where we're seeing that range for the central interior between 24 and up to 27 degrees and the southern interior up to 31 degrees with a slight reprieve once again, leading in towards our Thursday, but we're still hanging on to that sunshine. For the piece, up to 26 degrees, a southwesterly wind at 30 kilometers per hour tomorrow, and then on Wednesday, back down to 19 degrees. Whitehorse at 8 degrees, gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour, 16 as the high on your Wednesday. The northern half of the province along the coast, there is a slight chance to see some showers overnight, and then a 30% chance for an isolated shower tomorrow, up to 13 Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be up to 14 degrees. Caribou and Central Interior up to 25. Most spots on Wednesday will be closer to 22. Columbia and Kootenai Region hitting the 30-degree mark over the next few days. The UV index tomorrow will be at 7 or high. The Thompson-Okanagan will see temperatures also into the 30s and then a slight reprieve once again on your Thursday. Whistler will be up to 28 degrees and then we'll see that drop in temperatures on Wednesday with a few clouds in the mix. But for tomorrow, make sure you grab that sunscreen, the UV index is at 8 or very high. Across the island, if you're closer to the water, you'll see that range between 19 up to 25 degrees for Victoria, and then inland sections for Port Alberni will be closer to 31 degrees. Five-day forecast for us across Metro Vancouver. The UV index at 7 or high tomorrow will still be up to 30 degrees for many areas. That's inland, closer to the water for our Tuesday. We're at 21 degrees. We may see a few clouds in the mix on our Wednesday and then a slight reprieve in temperatures. But it's plenty of sunshine in our five-day forecast and on the hot side as well. But a beautiful night here at Burnaby Lake. Sonia? Thank you very much for that. Thanks for, it's going to be fabulous. Thank you very much. Um, all right, we are now going to tell you about 
I don't know, maybe you've wanted to start a farm at some point and you just don't know how. Maybe this next story will inspire you. A young couple from Kelowna joined an agricultural co-op. The question then is, where do you get your sheep? Well, from the internet, of course. When two young farmers from Ontario heard that an agricultural co-op was being started in Kelowna, they wanted in. A retired sheep farmer donated her 37 acres to the co-op in hopes of keeping the land used for farming. We had an interview and we're sort of, our application was accepted. The only problem was they had no sheep and no money to buy a flock. So they turned to crowdfunding in hopes of raising over $7,000 to purchase some sheep. A little bit of a gamble for sure. Uh, but yeah, it really, it really worked and I was surprised and delighted that the community, you know, supported us like that. In January, the couple bought 19 pregnant ewes and a ram from a farmer in Alberta. Now that spring lambing has started, the flock has grown to 36. They also have a Class A abattoir on the farm that other farmers can access. It's a really good service that is available for the community. While farming isn't every young person's dream, Morin and Hogan are passionate about it. So as soon as the, the boot stage hits, that's what the, the nutrition of it goes down. Morin even holds a master's degree in agroecology. While they both have to work off the farm to make ends meet, they say the lifestyle is worth it. There's just a lot of gratification from seeing animals grow, from seeing your pastures maintained, from growing your own food and it's a lot of work, but, you know, it kind of keeps us out of trouble, too. The farmers are holding a spring frolic at the farm on May 27th. People are invited to come see the lambs, take a nature walk, learn about raising bees, and even enter a pie-eating contest. Information is on the Facebook page, Kelowna Free Graze Lamb. Kimberly Davidson, Global News, Kelowna. All right, lots of sports to get through. And, um, yeah, yesterday, like, you, with the NHL, like, people screaming, shouting, <laughs> cheering. Is that still going on today, then? Well, yeah. probably not as much because oh. the Jets aren't playing. But, oh. you know, still fun to watch this time of year. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. It took uh, him 13 years, but Alex Ovechkin has finally made it to a conference finals, and it seems the Capitals are feeling a little less pressure this year. Despite winning their division, they've not really been considered a true cup contender, but don't tell them that. They're playing great hockey right now, and tonight they were looking to take a second straight game in Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ovechkin leading the Caps with 17 points in 13 playoff games, and they get off to a good start. Opening shift. Matt Niskanen, Niskanen's point shot tipped in by Tom Wilson. one nothing Capitals. But the Lightning tied up on the power play. Braden Point in the slot. Gets a bit of a fortunate bounce on the one-timer there. He puts it away, ties it up 1-1. Then the Caps take another penalty. But is it really a penalty? Check this out. TJ Oshie's stick is high, but... It doesn't touch Victor Hedman. The puck got Hedman in the face, but a penalty is called anyway. And wouldn't you know it, on the ensuing power play, Steve Stamkos doing what he does best. One-time blast from Nikita Kucharov, 2-1 Lightning. Four of Stamkos' five playoff goals have been on the power play. With early second, Caps on the rush. Alex chase on to Devontae Smith-Pelly. That was well executed. 2-2, and that's where they stand right now in the second. Last night, the RBC Cup started uh, in Chilliwack, the host Chiefs taking on the BCHL champion Wenatchee Wild. And second period, no score. Jared Turcock will cash in the rebound off the end boards. one nothing Chilliwack after two. But mid-third, 
the wild will tie it up. A.J. Vanderbeck also from a sharp angle there. 1-1, we need overtime. And in OT, Lucas Souter just takes matters into his own hands. He just walks through the entire Chiefs team and snaps at five hole for the winner. 2-1 for the wild, a tough loss for the Chiefs. Wenatchee, by the way, beat uh, the Manitoba champs. Uh, Steinbach 4-3 today, and the Chiefs are back at it tonight at 7 against Ottawa. NBA playoffs, Game 1 Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics and Cavs. LeBron averaging 34 points in the playoffs, but it was all Boston in this one. Al Horford leading the charge. Boston led 36-18 after one. Second quarter, Marcus Smart gets inside, throws it down. Boston blasting Cleveland 61-35 at the half. Cavs do make a run in the third, led by LeBron, of course. Basket and foul, three-point play, cut the lead to 17. But really, Cleveland never got close in this one. Boston back to work in the fourth. Jason Tatum knocks down the three, and the Celtics blow out the Cavs. 108-83 in the opener. LeBron with a playoff low, 15 points in 36 minutes. Game two goes in Boston Tuesday night. Final round of the Players' Championship. Webb Simpson with a seven-shot lead. No player in PGA history has ever blown a seven-shot lead on Sunday. Brooks Kepka had the shot and round of the day. Second shot on the par 5 16th. And that goes in for a double eagle or an albatross. The rarest result in golf. A two on a par five. Kepka tied the course record 963, finished 11th. Tiger Woods, 65 yesterday, picked right up where he left off today. Third straight birdie on the fifth. Got him into third place at 11 under, still a ways back of the lead. 12th hole, Tiger keeps it going on the short par four. Nice work with the short game, gets it to three feet and another birdie. 14 under, and now he's just four back of the lead. But he bogeyed the tough 14th and then at the signature 17th. Tiger, not enough club. Dunks that one into the water, made double bogey, so he limps home and finished 11th at 11 under. Jordan Spieth, who was paired with Tiger on the 17th as well. And this is a different result for Jordan. Check this one out. Takes a couple of hops and just takes a hard left there. Looked like it might be an ace, but he finished with an 8 on the 18th hole and finished 41st. Webb Simpson uh, Simpson never really challenged all pars until the 7th when he knocks down the long birdie. And then on 16, on the par 5, another birdie putt. And that pretty much seals the deal if it wasn't already. On 18, he will putt out for the victory. His first in five years wins it by four shots. Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes both finished at 4 under in 57th place. 14 shots behind Webb Simpson. Welcome back. It was a disappointing day for Canada's women's rugby seven squad in Langford. Canada was beaten by the USA in the cup quarterfinals at their HSBC event today, 28-26. They did bounce back to beat England and then Ireland to capture fifth place. But for the third-ranked Canadians, not what they were hoping for this weekend. New Zealand beat Australia convincingly in the cup final, 46 to nothing. Final day of the English Premier League season, Gabriel Jesus and Manchester City looking to add to their record-breaking year. Had to wait until the final kick of the match, literally, against Southampton. Kevin De Bruyne overdue Jesus. 
And that was it. 1-0 the final with the three points. They get to 100 in their record-setting season. First time that's been done. They also set records for goals scored, 106. Goal differential, plus 79. Games won, 32. And successive wins, 18. City, which secured the title a month ago with five games to spare, will celebrate on the streets of Manchester on Monday with an open-top bus parade. Antonio Conte and Chelsea visiting Newcastle today. Chelsea needed to win and hoped Liverpool would lose at home to Brighton to get the fourth and final Champions League spot. But Newcastle had different ideas. Thibaut Courtois swatting away the initial shot, but Dwight Gale right there to head it in. 1-0 Newcastle. Chelsea didn't quite believe they had a chance in this one. Jose Perez will put it away in the 58th minute as Newcastle added one more and beat Chelsea 3-0. So the Blues go from champs to chumps this year. They finished fifth, failed to qualify for the Champions League. Conte expected to step down after Chelsea and Manchester United play in the FA Cup final next Saturday. So the pressure was off Liverpool, finishing at home to Brighton and Hove. Mohamed Salah with his record 32nd Premier League goal gets Liverpool the only tally they would need on this day. That made it 1-0. Second half, though, they pile on as Salah will send Dominic Solanke away, and he will fire it under the bar for a spectacular goal. 4-0 Liverpool win, clinching fourth and the 2019 Champions League berth. They, of course, play for the 2018 European title May 26th against Real Madrid. Manchester United trying to finish strong at home to Watford. Marcus Rashford with the only goal of the match as United take it 1-0. Pretty solid season for United. Second place, they finish with 81 points, 25 wins, 6 draws, 7 defeats. Tottenham finished third. They won 5-4 today over Leicester City. And Blue Jays and Red Sox from Rogers Center. Kevin Pillar's mom throwing out the first pitch on this Mother's Day. The way the Jays starters have been going, maybe they should sign her up. Jays also going with the uh, pink hats to honor their moms today. First inning, Red Sox get off to a quick start. J.D. Martinez going the other way. Two-run homer off Joe Biagini. 2-0 Boston. Jays down 4-0 in the fifth, but Justin Smoke will smoke one to right center. That's a double, and that will score Teoscar Hernandez and Josh Donaldson. That made it 4-2, and the Jays were back in business, still in the fifth. A couple on board for Russell Martin, and he muscles one just over the shortstop. That falls in. Smoke scores, but the Jays get no closer. They lose 5-3. Toronto now just a game over 500 at 21-20. The Mariners lost 5-4 in Detroit. James Paxton of Ladner, three runs over six innings. He got a no decision. All right, finally tonight, we want to tell you about the Vancouver vet who's just become an internet sensation. Dr. Yuri Burstin posted a number of videos on how to care for your cat. He's recently earned millions of views with his how to pick up a cat like a pro video. Apparently, most of us have been doing it all wrong. Among his tips, squish the cat, meaning you should apply gentle pressure to a cat so it help it feels safe and secure. He hopes his videos will make people treat animals better. Feel like anything I can do to improve the human-animal bond, you know, is is wonderful. And you know, if out of three million people, if 0.01 percent of those people go out and adopt a cat, or even just are slightly nicer to their cat at home because of what I did, um, that would be very rewarding for me. Well, I think we're going to make a few more videos. 
Uh, I got a lot of requests online for different, you know, different things people would like to see, and I, and I see no reason uh, not to make some of those. Um, lots of questions like how to get a cat used to walking in a harness, how to put a cat in a carrier. Um, and so I think, you know, as long as people enjoy watching them, I'll, I'll enjoy making them. Yep, and that's the best close-up of someone I've ever seen. With yeah, wearing a cat, a live it. cat stole. Yeah, I'll I say, know. though, that's usually great. when you do that, the cat, uh, I find, that yeah. when you do that one, the cat's claws go right in the back, and that hurts. Oh, yeah. But not to Yuri. Well, I maybe. The doctor knows what he's doing. They like him. Yeah. Um, and Yvonne is there at Burnaby Lake as well. And I was going to say, Yvonne, from all of us, like a very happy Mother's Day, right, to everybody watching yes, today. Yes, happy Mom's Day. Yes, hopefully they enjoyed the sunshine. We still have another hot day for tomorrow. A final look at our five-day forecast where areas inland could still climb up to 30 degrees. And then we'll start to see a little bit of a reprieve later on in the week. Guys? Thank you very much, uh, Yvonne. And thank you for watching. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good night.